0: Are you a lady boss making fifty dollars to 100000 in your business and you're ready to break through that six-figure barrier?
1: Have you done a great job of creating a nice life as the ultimate gig master but know your inner CEO is calling you to greater heights? You're in the right place if you want to create and implement solid fundamentals in your business without sacrificing fun.
0: I'm Pam Mighty. I'm certified in Small Business Management and I concentrate in the areas of training and certifying real estate assistants coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs in online business, marketing, growth, and profit acceleration. And I take men and women business owners aged 40 plus to bucket list destinations around the world for a month at a time to work, explore, and live in community.
1: And I'm Jane Gary, known as the sales strategist for the non-salesperson. And I work with business owners who want to increase their conversion rate, shorten their sales cycle, and have more impact and influence with the work they do,
0: all while having more fun with selling. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. We have a very special, wild and crazy guest with us today. His name is Josh Zepes. Did I pronounce that right, Josh?
2: You know, I don't know for sure. That's how I pronounce it, but I can't give it to you (laughs) (laughs) straight.
0: Okay, craziness is starting already. I love it.
2: (laughs) Hey, I didn't come up with a name. Look, I, I can't <laughs> say it's right. How do I know?
0: <laughs> Let me tell you all about Josh or, or give you a little rundown before we jump into all the craziness. Let's be very professional first. So, in a world where dreams are crushed, souls are forgotten, and rust never sleeps, Josh Zepes, the identity archaeologist, is on a mission to ensure talented solopreneurs turn every business... First impression into a second impression where the sale happens by raising their R O C or return on conversation so that they can profit more without grinding more. Doesn't that sound good, Jane?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So after decades on the corporate farm as a shy, introverted engineer, oh yeah, we I don't think that's true, but anyway, he realized that the cubicle could no longer contain him. So he escaped. It was a rocky road through entrepreneurship in the financial and gym industries, but he finally stopped ignoring his genius and now plays in it profitably every day. When he's not digging for business gold, he flies airplanes, brews beers, runs long distance obstacle course races, and creates literary masterpieces. Welcome, Josh.
2: Thank you. Honored to be here
0: so excited to have you now the first question has to be this how is it that an engineer is crazy and funny
2: (laughs) well so i have to be honest i'm a reformed engineer so i'm not quite not quite the engineer anymore well i'll give you the short answer the short answer is i grew up as a soldier uh a good soldier you know like i did everything i was told to do Mm -hmm. and i behaved uh and I did that for the first 37 years of my life. And part of that was engineering. I was just what I was supposed to do. Safe, secure job, right? All that kind of stuff. Right. And one day I said, I started seeing kind of like the code in the matrix. You know, you start to see the, the glitches in the matrix.
0: Yeah. I was like, wait a
2: minute, I got to get out of here. And that changed everything. I became myself is what happened. I stopped being the good soldier and I started being a human being. I started being a real person and discovering what I stood for. And that's how I change. That's how, and craziness, that's part of it. That just comes, that's that's the icing on the cake.
0: It's <laughs> not interesting. We're all told we have to go to school then go to school again and then go to school again and then get a great job and keep it for life. But it's yeah. just not realistic today, is it?
2: No, not anymore. And then we get to go get the safe, secure job, which is no longer safe nor secure, and true. we get to sit in these cubicle farms and pretend and just be these, what I call human batteries where they just suck up our energy, our power. And then when we're done and we're exhausted, they replace us.
0: Jane, I think you have a rival with your analogies there.
2: Yeah. Oh, I got tons. Of, <laughs> I got to be careful. You said, <laughs> I, you, you yeah. said I could be crazy here. So I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm testing absolutely. the waters. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm analogy queen though. We should, we should have an, an
2: analogy <laughs> off. Okay. Let's yes, do it. <laughs>
1: But, you know, one of the things that you said is so true, It's it. I mean, and it's been true for a while, but I think more and more people are realizing that going and getting the good job that's going to be secure and provide you with stability and financial security and you can plan and you can budget and, you know, sort of like life is just going to trip down its merry path because you've got this job. It, it That is not the world that we live in anymore. And we haven't lived in it for a while, but people are more and more starting to see it. And I, and I do want to say, having a job is not a bad thing. I mean, having right. a job is actually a great thing. And if it's what you want to do, and it's a time where it's really serving you, there is nothing better than a really good job with a really good company. But tell us a little bit about, Was there a final straw for you that finally made you realize, this is just is not going to work for me? <laughs>
2: uh, there were a lot of straws, uh, but I'll, I'll tell you the first straw, because I think it's the most interesting one. By the way, I agree with you too. Job is not inherently good or bad. It's a tool and it's got to be a tool that based on what you're building. So is a screwdriver a right tool? I don't know. What are you building? So job, you have to look at a job the same way as should I get, I had a lot of kids ask me, you know, when I used to uh, speak at high schools, Josh, should I go to college? I said, I don't know. What do you want to do with your life? What's the purpose? What are you going to bring to the world as far as value? And is college going to help you get there? So it's just asking the right questions around this. Uh, But the first wake-up call was this. I had a friend of mine in the financial industry. He's like, Josh, what's your retirement plan? I'm like, I got a 401k, man. I'm set. Yeah. It was like my religion. I'm like, I'm good, man. I've been max funding this thing for 18 years. I'm good. No problem. No worries. And he's like, do me a favor. Do the math on it. Just project it out and just see what it looks like. And I was like, sure, no problem. I'm an engineer. I don't mind numbers. So I take out my Excel spreadsheet. I run the numbers. Let me tell you something. Best case scenario, it would be mathematically impossible for me to retire on it.
0: Mm.
2: Now, do you think that made me mad?
0: Heck
2: uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. Me mad. But wait. but I got to tell you what really pissed me off. What really pissed me off is when I found out it wasn't supposed to work. I designed, I went back and looked at the original ERISA code from 1978 or actually 74. It was enacted in 78. Uh, it's never, it was never designed as a retirement plan. It's not supposed to be. And I wasn't supposed to figure this out until it was too late. And I tried to use it when I'm 65 years old. Wow. That sent me over the edge. I said, well, if I got lied to about this, I almost like, I could have been there another 30 years and never known. Yeah. That scares the crap out of me. So I started opening up all the cabinet doors, right? I'm like, well, holy crap. If I got lied to about this. What else am I missing? And that started my whole journey.
1: Wow.
0: That's the sad reality that
1: happens a lot of times, and it and it really speaks to that. You have to you have to be very intentional about the life that you're living and and the life that you're funding. You know, use of that word intentional, because otherwise you're really funding somebody else's dream and you're living somebody else's dream. And again, not to not to bash a job, but I think so many people just. They started out with the belief that if I do this and I make all the right moves and I do all the things that everyone tells me that I'm supposed to do, then I'm going to have this beautiful life. And I know that we're all of an age that we went through several recessions and we went through 9-11 and we went through the housing market crisis. And then we certainly went through COVID and, you know, there's just no such thing as a guaranteed thing.
2: Right, right. I completely agree, and my enemy honestly is ignorance of that very same type you're talking about. It's okay to have a job. It's not okay to understand what a job is or to not understand what a job is. Look, if you wanna rent an income, if you wanna rent a position, you wanna rent a title, if you're okay with renting your source of income and renting your future, that's fine. I'm not here to judge you on that. But what I am here to do is to call you out if you think that you're so important to the company that they're never gonna let you off. Or that this is the path outside of your control that's gonna get you where you wanna go. Yeah. Because that's just not true. You're yeah. right. Let me tell you something. Companies, here's a good one. Companies pay the position, not
1: the person. Oh, that is really good. You know, and I know when I was in my when I was in my late twenties, I had a big fancy position in, in a in a company. It was a great company, but I I went through that. Like, well, the, I'm really important. I have the number one office. I have the number one, re, you know. I was like, we're I'm high performers. My team are high performers. We're, you know, they're telling me I'm a rock star. They're they're paying me like I'm a rock star. So I just figured that was the case, and then some things changed, and I I realized I'm working my guts out for this company, and they actually really don't. They don't care about me. They care about the, the results that I'm giving them, which, you know, companies have to, but that's a different, they're attached to my results. They're not even remotely attached to me. I'm completely interchangeable. So, I mean, talk about having a little bit of an identity, an identity crisis there. So I know your title is actually the identity archaeologist. So tell us a little bit about that. How did it come to be? And what does that really mean mm-hmm. for you?
2: So <laughs> I get that question a lot. <laughs> what does this mean, Josh, this identity archaeologist thing? I said, okay, well, first off, what it really means is that I have no competition. Boy, is it, wouldn't that be a nice place to be, huh? Yeah. Anyways, uh, but the way it came to be was when I left corporate America, I got into the financial industry, gym industry, a few other things, and, you know, I just did it to make money. I was an entrepreneur, and, and I, it, was a, it was a rocky path because I left corporate America with a, an employee mindset. And I had to transition that to an entrepreneurial mindset. And that was a whole journey in itself. But one day I'm like, Josh, time out. Because I'm just trying to make money with all these different ventures. I'm like, time out. What are you really good at? What's your genius? What's your natural talent? What do you do better than anyone else? You know, and I made a list of all these things and I said, okay, now how can I take this and provide value to other people in a monetizable way? And that's literally where Identity Archaeologist was born. And, and I, I just, there's certain things I do really well that I, and now I get to play. It, it's just, it's just wonderful. I get to, and the reason I call it Identity Archaeologist is because I get to ask people the right questions. I get to dig. I dig really deep into entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, professionals, and I dig up their gold. I dig up all those gems, all that talent and, and passion and all those things that are trapped inside of them that they've been kind of pushing away that, Like I had been, Uh, I get to bring that to the surface. We dust off all the conditioning, all the bullshit crap. I don't know if I'm allowed to say bullshit, but there I just said it. Uh, (laughs) All the bullshit you're told. I am a semi-professional comedian also, and I apologize, but I'm not the funny kind, so don't worry. Uh, We brush off all that conditioning, all that crap about, oh, honey, there's no money in that, or you can't do that, or you're just not cut out for that. We get rid of all that crap, and then we polish it and refine it until it shines so bright that people come from miles to see it. People are compelled into your circle and these are your clients and, and uh, you know, prospects. So that's where it came from. And that's really, it speaks directly to how I take my genius and I apply it to the service of an authentic personal brand.
0: I absolutely love that. It is so unique, but it truly says exactly what you do. Right. So Branding and messaging, it's one of our core growth pillars here at Flourish and Grow. So why do you feel it's super important that branding is kind of a core component of our personal success and professional success?
2: Oh boy, where to begin on that one? So let me say this. When people get into business, and I made this mistake as well, we jump right into marketing. And yeah. I found out that people don't know what marketing is. Yeah. So I want let me define marketing and you'll understand and then I think everyone will understand why branding is so important. Marketing is an amplifier, it's not a message. It just takes a message, good or bad, and it makes it louder. It puts it in front of more eyeballs. So,
0: so well said.
2: Yeah. So branding though is the message. So if your message and your brand is crap, confusing weird strange not authentic not genuine then all you're doing when you go marketing and spending those dollars is your you're amplifying garbage mm. and then people wonder how come my marketing isn't working so branding yeah, I, is that thing that happens before yeah
1: yeah so, marketing is such a it, it's ah, you know, we can have this conversation (laughs) for 12, 15 (laughs) hours over cocktails. Oh, not
2: even scratch the surface then.
1: Not even (laughs) scratch the surface. It's such a sticky wicket. And and I know that one of the the most challenging things business owners have, and then it can be challenging to hear it when you are at another level of experience is, I'm doing my marketing and the marketing isn't working. And then I would say, well, what, Tell what are you? What tell, I'm not interested in what you're doing. Tell me what your message is. Like identify your ideal clients for me. Give me the words. What happens as a result of people when they work with you? Or who do you work with? That's usually what I start with. And they go, well, you know, women over forty who are stuck. Well, there's your problem. There's <laughs>
2: who isn't over forty that's stuck? <laughs> that's like everybody.
1: Yeah, so they're pounding out all these marketing tactics and <laughs> the marketing tactics aren't working. And and I don't know how many times I've had this conversation where marketing is not the messaging. And you have to start with the messaging because if you don't, you, it's what you said, Josh. All you are is doing something saying, hey, women over 40 who are stuck, I can help you. And trust me, my stuff works. Call me. <laughs> Hey, if I had a business owner
2: that told me that, I'd have fun with this. I'd be like, what are they stuck in? Are they in quicksand? Yeah. Are, they in that? Are, are they are they playing with Elmer glue and they kind of got the paste stuck to their face? Like, tell me more about this being stuck,
1: right? Because it was, it's
2: so ambiguous. It's yeah, so, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. It about? was face down in a trough of cookie dough. I mean, what are we really talking about? Yeah,
2: here? Where, where are they stuck?
1: So, how does branding support or or how does branding support marketing? And then I'm going to ask this how can it possibly detract or can it from marketing?
2: Well, so branding supports marketing in that it, it creates, and my focus is always to create clarity, clarity on the message, clarity on why you exist. Because what I find is most business owners, they don't know why they exist. I'm like, why do you get out of bed in the morning? Ah, I don't know. I Make money. <laughs> Make money, right? But what truly. Mm-hmm. Uh, why do you exist? Why should people care? Why do you care about others? All these questions that people aren't clear on. And if let me tell you something. If you're not clear on exactly your mission, your vision, your purpose, your values, your stand, if you're not clear on that, nobody else will be, I don't care what kind of marketing you do, it will never be clear to others. So branding really is about getting clarity. And then when you're clear, here's the cool part. You actually start being more confident. Mm -hmm. And confidence eventually, if you do it right, when it goes from your head to your heart is conviction. And when you have conviction, when you're preaching a message and not just trying to sell, watch out. That's where the real magic happens. That's where you're literally unstoppable. So marketing, again, once you've got your brand, now marketing will help you scale. Now, can brand be a detractor from marketing? This is a very interesting question. You know, I, all right, I'm going to be a little controversial here. I have a concept I'm working on. It's, it's not ready to launch, but I'll share it with you anyways. It's called skip the frickin' marketing. I think you can do everything you want to do without marketing. I think you can, if you have a strong enough brand, which basically is your comp, uh, first impression, a business first impression. If you can make such a powerful first impression, you can go right into the sales conversation, which is the yeah. other side of marketing on the client acquisition spectrum. I think you could skip the marketing.
0: Okay, I don't but, think you need it. But wait, but wait, I have to be to jump in on yeah. the controversy here. If you're sure. not marketing, how, to, how do you attract <laughs> new people that get to know that beautiful message that you have?
2: Excellent question. So I want you to imagine, and when I say marketing, I'm really talking impersonal marketing, mm. like ads and doing all these things, you know, the, the fancy funnels and all that crazy stuff. Yes. What if you just went out and just introduced yourself to a few people, but... Because your ROC is so high that you're getting enough people into your circle without having so in other words, you don't need a thousand eyeballs to get ten people in. You only need fifty eyeballs to bring ten people in.
0: Nice. And I just want to remind listeners that ROC is a return on conversation. Yes.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kind of use that a little too loosely to forget people don't
0: know. But that's so true. <laughs> and you know, we talk about that a lot at Flourish and Grow, is we gotta move back to Simplistic marketing; these things that drive you absolutely bananas. All these, you know, seven thousand piece funnels, and it's it's just detracting from actually going out there and, and meeting people and, and meeting new clients, potential clients.
2: Yeah, and the dirty secret they don't tell you in business school is that people buy you first, your product <gasps> yes. or service second. Yeah. And the opposite is true. If they don't buy you first, they're not going to touch your product or service, no matter how good it is and no matter how much they need it.
0: Well said. So I think you kind of answered this, but I still want to Mm -hmm. see how how much further we can go with it. So, you know, I was reading your profile and I'm coming up with all these questions. And here's (laughs) one that's um, now, nope, nope. How can we stand out in the sea of sameness and how do we rise above the noise in our crowded industries?
2: Ooh, there are so many ways—the uh, sea of sameness. Mm. So, uh, one of the people, one of the types of people I work with, are solopreneurs in very crowded industries that can't, can't seem to get noticed. They're raising their hand. They, they've got a good heart. They've got a good business, a good service, but they're in such a—they're such a crowded industry and they're saying the same shit as everybody Mm -hmm. else. Same thing, like if if you ever went networking and and listened to financial advisors, you can trust me. I always put my client's best interests at heart, and I've got the best insurance, and I've got the best investments, and I know what I'm doing, and I watch the market, and and people just, they're all saying the same thing. How the heck are you supposed to get business from that? Not to mention everyone's got a financial advisor in their family, so now you have to overcome the familial attraction. Mm So to answer your question, most people introduce themselves completely wrong. Not wrong, I shouldn't say wrong, but not in the best way. They, um, I call it a case of the yams. Have, has it, have you ever heard of the case of the yams or yams disease as it's known?
0: I think so, refresh us.
2: <laughs> so yeah, so yams disease is very simple. It's you get up, you're networking and you're, you're meeting people and you're like, I yam, Josh. I am a branding genius. I am in Orlando, Florida. I am looking for this kind of person. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. It's all freaking ego. It's all over professionalism. It's all this shield we put up. So people don't get to know us as a human. So you want to stand out? Be a freaking human being. Mm-hmm. Stop with the ego. Stop leading with I, why not start with, I'd rather you start with what pissed you off that day and what you're going to do about it. Why you care about anyone and your, anyone else why you get out of bed, all of these things that come out of a brand, bring your humanity back to your business. And I promise you will stand out because here's the other dirty secret they won't tell you in business school. Your product or service that you're selling right now is a commodity. It's duplicatable. Anyone and everyone can come along and do it better, faster, cheaper. And I know this is going to piss a lot of people off. People are like, well, no, I'm different. My stuff is different. No, your stuff is the same shit as everyone else. Stop it. <laughs> You know what is different? You know what is unique? You.
0: Us. Yeah. Yes, me. Your
2: story, <laughs> your your unique, your mission, your values, your stand, what, what the hell you stand for, what you stand against. That's what's unique. Bring that to the front of your message, and you will never be drowning in the sea of sameness again. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I got to calm down. Breathe. Yeah, Breathe absolutely.
1: Down. No, don't, don't calm down. No, we like it. It's like preach your brother. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Yeah, we're all about that, and I love what you're saying too. And it, I, I hear that so, so many times. Like, well, what I do is really different. Nobody does what I do, and I go, okay, tell me what you do. And I'm thinking, yeah, I've heard this six times already this week. And and again, it's not to it's not to bash anybody or make anybody feel bad about what they're doing. But yeah, it's it's not the thing that you do that's so different. It's the way that you do it. It's your personality. It's your your filter, the way that you deliver it. So the work that you're doing, somebody else is doing it somewhere, but they're just not, it's kind of like the book that I'm writing, nobody has ever written before. Well, no, not true. You know, there are plenty of books out there, but you can still make it your own. So can you give us maybe three practical tips of how somebody could make themselves stand out? Yeah,
2: okay. It's a good question. There's there's a lot that are flooding my mind. Okay, here's, let's start with this. And this is kind of what I help people with too, just as a fun thing, but have a, have an answer to the question, what do you do? You know, oh. I've never, I, I have been absolutely amazed. This, this is the number one business question everyone gets asked and yet no one seems prepared to answer it.
0: Have, a, have
2: an answer to it.
0: And please and, don't say business coach.
2: <laughs> yeah. Please don't use a title.
0: <laughs> but everybody don't, says business coach that I meet yeah, these days.
2: Because they're using a title. It's called titleitis when you're yes. stuck to a title because you're afraid to be vulnerable and you're afraid to be open and human. So, uh, and by the way, here's, here's a little, I'll give you a little thing on what do you do? What do you do? What you do is not what you actually do. And I'll, and I'll say that in terms of, let's say you talk to a business coach and say, I coach business owners. No, you don't. That's not what you do. What you do is the transformation. You help business owners to, whatever flourish in their blah, 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 whatever you want to say, but coaching them in business is how you do what you do. It's the how. So make sure that what do you do? That answer speaks to the transformation, speaks to the problem that they're going through, speaks to the transformation that you bring them through, and then shares the Nirvana of how great the world is going to be when you get there, if they decide to trust you. So have an answer to that. Um, so you want some small little small little hacks?
0: Um, yeah, going along those lines, we always say focus on the outcomes, not the deliver deliverables. Yeah, people don't really care about your process; they want the end result.
2: That's right. That's right. So the other thing is, here's here's a, this is actually more of like a sales one-on-one thing, but I find a lot of people still violate it. Stop selling your solution. Stop selling your product.
1: Yeah sell
2: the problem, not the solution. So I get people like, Josh, this is, don't you want my water? This is the best water in the world. It's triple ozonated and filtered and it came off the Andes and it's like tears of God in, in a bottle. It's wonderful, Josh. And I'm like, but I'm not thirsty. So right. see, I don't, I don't <laughs> care how great your water is. So let's first agree that I'm thirsty and that dehydration is killing me and my family. Let's uh-huh. agree on that first and then you can scoop water out of the toilet and i buy it. So sell the problem, then offer the solution. And I promise every, your life is going to be so much easier <laughs> if you actually, you know, work on that.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, and then as, I guess as a third one, I would say, find out what your brand is. And here's what I mean by that. You have a brand. So some people say, I don't have a brand. No, you have a brand. It may stink, It may be like the worst brand in the world. However, you have it because what a brand is, it's the gut feeling a person gets the moment you walk into the room. It's not the analytical thinking. It's not like what they think about you. It's what they feel about you. Uh Right? Every time I drive past the golden arches, I get a sick feeling in my stomach. (laughs) (laughs) That's, to me, that's their brand, right?
0: And I get yum.
2: <laughs> me, I just It just turns my stomach. I'm like, oh, I get sick, right? But,
0: so that's because you're your... an athlete.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could be it. So I would challenge someone, figure out what your brand is. Ask some people that you've done business with, why they did business with you. Ask some people that turned you down, why they turned you down. Figure right. out what your brand is and then do something about it to improve it, whether it's work with you all and figure out how to rediscover and redefine it uh, or whatever you got to do, but figure out what it is. Don't be ignorant of it. Don't just assume you don't have one. Don't just assume that it's not affecting your marketing. Figure out what it is.
1: That's a great tip about, uh, they, they ask them why they do business with you. That's good. But ask them why they turned you down. That's gold right there. Uh-huh. Because if, if you can stomach it and and I mean, I, I'm somebody that happens to love hard Feedback. And I'm like the harder the better. I don't care. It's not gonna hurt my feelings because I need to know. And what, what you can actually do is turn that to a positive. So if somebody says, whatever they say, you're too hyper, I don't like brunettes, it doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> then and what I know that I can do is play that up. I'm a hyper brunette, you know? <laughs> because then your your tribe will go, Oh, yeah, that's what I'm looking for. I, I want to work with hyper brunettes. So I I love that so much. So everybody that's listening, I really encourage you. Don't be afraid to find out why people don't want to work with you or why they're just not into you or you're just not their type. It's, it's, that is so much, that's so much gold right there, Josh.
2: Yeah. Yeah, And by the way, you have, you can turn that into even more of a positive because sometimes it's just a misunderstanding. Well, I just, I thought you were too, you were priced too high in this area. Uh Uh, You know, $10,000 $10,000 is just too much. You're like, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 no. That wasn't the price. Oh, I'm so sorry. I must have screwed up something, right? You just don't know. Sometimes you'll right. find out that it was just a misunderstanding, and then they'll become your client.
0: Hey, lady boss. Do you think like a CEO? When your business starts taking off, you're ready to scale up. At this point, you've got to stop thinking of yourself as a solopreneur and start thinking of yourself as the CEO of your company. If you remain in the mindset of a one-person operation, then you won't be able to grow. You'll never have the time, energy, or expertise to do everything by yourself, and your business won't be the success that it has the potential to be. So are you thinking like a CEO? Take our free assessment to find out. You can find it at flourish.biz forward slash think. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot B I Z forward slash T H I N K. Once again, that's flourish.biz forward slash think. All right, Lady Boss, let's get back to the show. Now, you say you help solo entrepreneurs discover. Articulate and monetize their authentic. Oh my goodness, I I am. I can't. Speak I like today. that. It's a good word. Seriously, <laughs> authentic <laughs> personal brands. So, did you mean create, not discover?
2: No, I intentionally mean discover because it's already inside. All we have to do is uncover it. Uh, most people suppress it. See, when we're growing up, we're conditioned to like keep our head down to obey stay calm mm-hmm. don't basically not be ourselves and so we suppress it we suppress our greatness our genius and we just tell ourselves nah. and that's what i did too i'm a perfect example that for 37 years i suppressed my genius I'm like there's no way i can make money at this this is a stupid and so we need to uncover it to discover it so that is a very intentional word
0: hence the identity archaeologist right
2: there you go. Ah, it's we're the artifacts are down right. I love it.
0: I love it. So let me ask you this, because authenticity is a word that's bandied around like crazy today. So yeah. what exactly is your definition of authentic?
2: Hmm. Huh. Definition oh, we're, of authentic. we got good
0: questions for John today. Definition of authentic. Hmm. Uh, it's coming
2: kind with of a just. Authenticity. Yeah, you're right. First Jane, of all, you're we're right. good.
0: We did stumble. No, 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 no.
2: You, <laughs> didn't, you didn't stump me. No, no, no. Not yet. Not yet. But I do agree with you. Authenticity has become a catchphrase and yes. very cliche. Uh, but authenticity is saying what you want to say and being what you want to be. Uh, and it shouldn't take any effort. I think that's I think that's where you you get to the inauthentic side is when you're trying to use scripts, you're trying to put on uh, trying to be perfect. Uh, See, professionalism to me is perfectionism. And I don't know about you, but I've never met a perfect human being. So you can't be perfect and be human at the same time. So authenticity really just means being that human, being screwing things up, not being perfect Uh, and then being okay with it. Because that's what we are.
0: I like it. That's one of the best definitions I've heard, actually. And I thought we stumped you, darn it. But really, everybody always says, you know, clarity, being true to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really liked what you had to say there. So awesome. So tell me how you help people monetize their authentic brand.
2: Yeah, this is kind of a fun one. So I call it a signature service. So imagine... Your commodity, but we take the brand and we intertwine it inextricably into that service to where that service can no longer be duplicated. It's basically uh it's no longer a commodity because it can't you can't separate who you are and your brand and what you stand for from the actual service itself. Uh oh, I like that. It's fun. It's actually a very fun process and it, it starts it helps people think bigger about what they're offering.
0: Because you people, have, so I want to offer
2: insurance. Well, no. But what else can you do?
0: Yeah, because there's 150 million insurance salespeople out there.
2: At least. I mean, that's, that's, that's in that's your – conservative. Within a five-mile five radius. That's in Canada only. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's in your city. Come
0: on. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Like real estate agents. But what, what was I just going to say? Oh, can you give us a, an example without naming any names, maybe uh, somebody you've worked with and how you've done that for them? Just to, you know, make our, your process a little more clear for us. Yeah.
2: Uh, so I'll give you just an overview of the general process and then I'll give you okay. an uh So the first thing I would challenge someone to do is say, I want you, I'm going to open up a, what should I call it, like a fund. I'm going to go to the bank. I'm going to open up an endowment, $250 million endowment. This is just hypothetical, by the way. Don't get excited.
0: Darn it. Um,
2: I'm opening up this endowment and I, it's going to pay for all your future clients. But here's the caveat, you've got to do the right thing for them. And I mean, 100% the right thing for those clients long-term. So from the pain point where they are till the final transformation, what does that look like in your expert opinion? I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's, Hey, we got to go out to Mars. We got to go climb Mount Everest. We got to have a retreat here and then a group function here. And then we got to go one-on-one coaching and then we got to take them through the Andes. And then we got to, I don't care. I just want to know what the right thing is and we're going to start there no matter what it costs. And from that, we can then break it down into affordable quote unquote uh, pieces because what I find people do is they limit themselves right up front with cost. Well, no one can afford it. This can't be done. This is crazy. It's too big. It's too much. No, start with the right answer. And then we can go ahead and we can chunk it up appropriately. Uh,
0: I'm taking notes. Are you Jane? (laughs) That's good.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, so as uh, just as a very small example of this, there's a guy that does. uh, He's a personal trainer, right? And but he's very, very big into mindset, uh, and he's very, very, very. And he's also in the financial industry. So we came up with an idea, like, what about the trifecta? What if we could combine all of these things? Is it too big? Maybe, but let's give it a shot. Let's personal train people. Let's get their mindset right. And let's help them with their finance. And let's come up with this. I can't remember what we called it. anymore. this was a while ago, this thing, fitness, freedom, finance, or something like that, where now no one's doing what he's doing. No one is taking these three things that he's really good at. He's really passionate about and combining them into this very unique program and journey that he takes people through. Because it's really the three most important things people care about. They don't want to be stressed. They want to make sure their finances are good and they want to feel healthy. They want to feel good.
0: That is a great trifecta. That's for sure.
2: Yeah. So he blows blows financial people out of the water. He blows the fitness industry out of the water because he's adding all this extra value. Uh, And then a lot of people do that through the mindset. That's always part of it, right? It's always the uh, personal development aspect that comes with anything.
0: Yeah, for sure. Hey, I was taking a look around your website. (laughs) Um, Sorry. (laughs) No, so so well articulated, actually, I thought. Imagine that. But I noticed that you used to be a competitive bodybuilder. That's That's super cool. So as someone who's been so disciplined, I bet you know a thing or two about getting and attaining goals, right? So what are your best goals? Goal-crushing tips.
2: Oh, <laughs> yes, I do goal-crushing. That's, that is one of my things. <laughs> uh, so goal-crushing tips. I would start, let me give you three questions to answer that, to me, are the absolute foundation of, of achieving anything worthwhile, of crushing any goal. And in fact, these are so important that if you don't answer these, it's like trying to hang a ceiling fan on a house that hasn't been built. It's, it's not going to work. So, and these are really basic questions, but I still find people don't answer them properly. So question number one is what exactly do you want? And I mean, so let me, let me explain. This isn't just the, Hey, what do you want? Oh, I want to be rich. I want, I want a new house. No, I want to know specifically, how does it feel, taste, touch, smell? Like with clarity, what exactly do you want? Can you see it? Can you experience it? That's my secret when I go race is I can see the finish line. That's the only thing that keeps me going is knowing that there's a finish line. But most people go through life and they give up on themselves because they can't see the finish line. They're bloody, they're muddy, they're sweaty, they're, they're up, they're tired, and they stop because they don't know where the end is. So you got to know where the end is. And that's the, that's the what exactly do you want? That's question number one. Question number two is why must you have it? That's not the same question you've heard before, which is why do you want it? Right? Why do you want? No, that's, it's why must you have it? In other words, who's going to die if you don't get it, who's going hungry, who's going to lose their home and their livelihood if it doesn't happen. So if you say, Josh, I want to lose 30 pounds in the next three months. And I say, okay, three months from now, you haven't lost the weight. Does life go on? Tell me about this. And if you say, yeah, you know, life goes on. I mean, I'll figure it out. Just stop. Go back to question number 1. You picked the wrong goal. It ain't gonna happen. Sorry. I'm sorry to be the person that's going to tell you the truth, but if you if it's not something you must have, it ain't gonna happen. We're not we don't do what we should do. We don't do what we want to do. We only do what we have to do. So, how do you take a goal and make it a have to? That's part of my process. And then number 3, the easiest question. After you know what exactly you want and why must you have it, The number three question is how are you going to get it? And the good part about this is if you know where you are and if you're honest about where you are and you know where you're going, you can always figure the middle out. Someone's already done it. If you're in, if I'm in Florida and if I want to get up to you, to you ladies in Canada, I know I got to head north, right? There's no question. Whether I do, I take a bike, I walk, I do somersaults, uh, I do burpees, I take a plane. Whatever. Right. As long as I'm heading north, I know I'm eventually going to hit Canada. And so the how part is the easiest. And there's there's many, many layers of the how uh, as far as environment and uh, how how exactly what, what your plan looks like. So too much to get into here. But if you can answer those three questions, you actually have a chance of achieving a goal.
0: I love it. And we've asked that of a number of our guests, because we have a number of, we've had a number of guests who have kind of been goal achievement specialists. And I haven't heard it that well said. That's really interesting. And I'm going to be listening back to this so that I write those down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And there's more to it, but that's just the basic that that's, that's like chapter one, (laughs) <laughs> like who
0: ball. better to ask than a competitive bodybuilder? Cause <laughs> you had to have felt like giving up a hundred million times, but you really envisioned yeah. winning those ribbons or whatever you win in competitive bodybuilding. Right.
2: We actually get trophy. We, we get. Oh uh, yeah. Like, beautiful figure, trophies. Figure, figurine trophies, like really cool stuff. So yeah.
1: Well, I thought you were going to get like a week, a week freeze food at McDonald's. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> No, but I did have to get used to eating my tilapia and green beans in front of my friends who are eating pizza
0: across the table. Oh, my (laughs) goodness.
2: Let me tell you, if that doesn't build self-discipline, nothing will. (laughs)
0: That's (laughs) for sure. (laughs) All right. We have some rapid fire questions for you. And if we haven't already, we're going to get to know you a little bit better, even more. So,
2: Green. Oh, sorry.
0: Are you an early bird or a night owl? Night owl? Are you a dog or a cat person? Cat. Shut up. You're okay. He's very cool, Jane. Just saying. Text or talking? Talking. Invisibility or super strength?
2: Super strength. I don't want to be invisible.
0: (laughs) What's especially not a branding? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, No. What's one of the top things on your bucket list? Oh wow. Not a place. Not a place? Mm -hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Doing a stand-up comedy routine in public.
0: I think you would truly excel at that. (laughs) (laughs) If you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go?
2: To live for for good or just visit? Just visit. I would go to Latvia, which is where my ancestry is from. I haven't been there
0: Oh, excellent. Okay. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? I know that's not really a rapid fire.
2: (laughs) Oh, there are so many, so many, but I'll give you, I'll give you a a good nugget here. Don't listen to broke people on how to get wealthy.
0: (gasps) Amen.
2: Don't listen to the unsuccessful on how to be successful, the unhappy on how to be happy. I don't care how much you like the person. I don't care how much family they are. Please, please competence is not the same as familiarity. Make sure you listen to the right people.
0: Perfect. And okay, quick. describe yourself in three words <laughs> describe <laughs> myself
2: oh, goodness. Uh, not funny, very uh, and
0: calm. I didn't say antonyms. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, not funny
1: doesn't count. Try it again. That's right. Any of those, I don't think. No, it's, it's,
2: more, it's more ironic. It's more of an ironic statement. Uh, but,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, uh, okay, we'll accept those. So where can people learn more about you?
2: Probably the best place. I'm on social media under my name, Josh Zepis, and also website joshzepis.com. It's the easiest way.
0: Perfect. And our listeners know that all of your contact information will definitely be in our show notes on the website. And with that, Josh, we want to say thanks so much. This has been so much fun, but I've truly learned a lot.
2: Well, I appreciate it. You've asked some great questions. So
0: we wanted I to could, stump Josh today. <laughs> we didn't I can tell speak. you've done this before. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: awesome. This well, thanks so much. You. Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. Oh, No,
1: that's okay.
0: I was just going to
2: say thanks, Josh. Absolutely, Jane. Yeah, it's been an honor. Thank you so much.
0: Until next week, everybody, get out there and flourish. Well, that's a wrap, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week on the Flourish and Grow to CEO podcast. Be sure to visit our website at flourish.biz. That's F-L-O-U-R-I-S-H dot biz, where you can subscribe to the shows in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss an episode. You can also find our show notes and resources there too. And while you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd love for you to leave a rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would sure help us out too. Now, get out there and flourish.